Clarence Caldwell's True Life Academy helps intelligent, ambitious people achieve and accomplish amazing things for the purpose of living the life they've always dreamed of. We will show you how to tap into the gifts that we all have been given. True Life Academy gives you the best possible chance of living a life full of wealth, health, love, and personal power. As a certified coach, mediator, speaker, and trainer, Clarence has the skills needed to guide you to the most amazing life you can imagine for yourself, focusing on your relationships, finances, health, and career. So join the Academy and be awakened to your true life, the life you dream of, the life that fulfills your purpose, yes, the life you were intended to live. True Life Academy starts now. Hello, everyone. Welcome and good morning. Welcome to True Life Academy. This is Clarence Caldwell, your host, your coach, your guide for the week. Good morning to you. It is morning because we are waking up. No matter what time it is that you're listening to this, it is morning. If you're listening, then you are in the wake-up process. So thank you for joining. (coughs) Excuse me. We want to make sure that you Uh, continue to wake up. And one of the ways we do that is to remind you, uh, if you hear it every week, you're probably tired of hearing it, but it's always good to be reminded to live every day with an attitude of gratitude, live in thanks, and also to give, give when you can. And then thirdly, because you have the power to choose, love first and then choose. If you do those things, you'll make yourself an amazing life And you'll make an amazing life for the people around you. So welcome and good morning to you. It is December 22nd. So yes, a few days before Christmas. So I want to uh, wish everyone out there a Merry Christmas because I probably won't talk to you after this until uh, the day, till the week after. So Merry Christmas to you and, and those of you who celebrate other holidays during this season. Merry, uh, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah. Uh, and there are probably a couple of more holiday wishes that um, would be appropriate. So just happy holidays to all of you. And I will say Merry Christmas. You know, there's been a lot of talk lately about people attempting to be politically correct and not saying Merry Christmas to everyone because not everyone celebrates Christmas per se. But, um, you know, it is everyone's holiday, whatever it is, is important. So I I do say Merry Christmas. I celebrate Christmas. And I want to just wish you all a happy holiday as well. Tonight, uh, we have a very interesting topic. Now, I will tell you, because it's Christmas and because it's the holidays, I know many of you are expecting some uh, topic around um, maybe the holidays or maybe uh, the the gift of giving and uh, all of that that, that surrounds these, this time of year. Um, but I'm going to take a little bit of a left turn on it for you here. The, the issue of Christmas and the Christmas carols and and all of that celebration, you can turn on your TV and watch the Christmas parade. You can tune into your radio to the uh, holiday music station and and get all that there. Excuse me. Uh, Today, I'm going to 
kind of go a little bit off track from that. So I did take the time to wish you a happy holiday. So hopefully that, that satisfies you to some degree. But tonight's subject is going to be a very serious one, but it's a real-life issue. It's one that's been in the news um, lately. It's been in the news for years and years and years, and it just keeps coming up. And uh, so I thought I should uh, address it here from the standpoint of how we talk about living our lives. Uh, it's a real life issue. Um, it has to do with being prejudiced and and uh, race relations and the differences between us, whether you know straight or gay or black or white or Christian or Muslim. All of these differences create this um, just the issue of of non tolerance between us and. I think it's important to mention it, and I think it's important to talk about it, but not just talk about it the way you normally hear about it. You normally hear about it in terms of, well, this is right and this is wrong, and how could they do this and how could they do that? Um, we're going to talk about it in those terms, but we're also going to make sure that we get to the heart of what is driving it, at least from the true life perspective. And, you know, at the end... If you hang in there throughout the show, at the end, I will give you the insight and the tips on how to get past that. Now, if, if everyone were to do what I'm going to share at the end, this thing would go away. So uh, I hope you hang in there and listen to the whole show. We are uh, talking about race relations and, and racism and, you know, as we as I even opened the show talking about Christmas and Happy Hanukkah and Happy Kwanzaa and so on, those are different cultures, different religious observances of this holiday season. And even the different religions have a strain and stress between them. And you can see it happening all over the world. See, race relations and prejudice and all of these differences don't only take place in the U.S. That's where, you know, we see a lot of it on the media, but it's happening all over the world. People are being uh, really hurt by the differences because they treat each other very poorly because of the differences. I mean, you, you look at what's happening in, uh, well, well, let's just take Israel and Palestine. I mean, that is a religious war, uh, per se. You know, you could call it... Um, more than a religious war, you can talk, call it a bloodline or a war, a race war uh, as well. But these things are happening all over the world, not just in the U.S. It's, it's reached a, a fervor here in the U.S. with the recent issue of police, uh, police acting um, what some would say inappropriately against black youth. But it is happening everywhere. It's not just in America. And the the issue between nations has a reflection of that. You know, the issue with North Korea. You know, tell me there's not a difference of culture between the U.S. and North Korea. Well, that's driving this angst between the nations as well. So this is a really important topic. I think it's important. I think it's so important that it, it just boggles my mind why we really don't have an all-out effort whether it's in the U.S. or worldwide or somewhere, to really, really get on top of this and really deal with it. 
you know, it, it really boggles my mind because we have the war on terror. You know, we, we, we're against terrorism. We've got a war on terrorism. We have a war on, on drugs. You know, these are real problems that everybody's agreed we should be fighting these things. Well, racism is just as bad. And when you talk to people, everybody seems to agree that racism is bad. So why don't we have a war on racism? Why aren't we really focusing our attention on resolving that issue? And it's been going on for, you know, hundreds, thousands of years. But for some reason, humans just live with it. And we go through problems with it and we somehow just don't address it the right way. But we all appear to uh, believe it's an issue. And uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that and maybe some of the things we can do to address that. So a heavy subject tonight, and I hope you don't mind, but I hope it it sparks uh, some thought for you about where you might be in relation to this whole topic the people that you know, your friends, your family, do you see it happening around you? And, and we're going to talk a little bit about where it gets started, how it gets started, and what it really is. You know, one question that I guess I would have is, do you consider uh, racism a, a reality or not? Is, it, is there any such thing as racism? Some people would say, no, it really isn't. Uh, do you think it's just a matter of perspective? Do you uh, think it's a, it's a disease? Um, and if it's a disease, do you think it can be cured? See, these are questions, and I, I would answer the question, each one of those questions, I would answer yes. Yes, it is a reality. Yes, it is perspective. Yes, uh, it, it is a disease. I call it a disease. And uh, yes, I think it can be cured. And so with that mindset, what will it take to really understand it and to really solve this issue? It is huge. There's no doubt about it. And in the, the short time that I have with you here tonight, um, I don't think we're going to eradicate it, but I hope to plant a seed in those of you who are listening so that you can go out and begin to work on it yourself. That's if you want to. It is your choice whether you do that or not. I mean, I know it's a heavy subject, and, and I, I really, um, be, during the holiday season, I know that's not what you expected. But with all that's going on in, um, at least in America, let's just talk about the U.S. right now, uh, especially with the uh, black and white and Hispanic. And, you know, as a black male myself, with this issue as, as tough as it is, and I have this platform, this podcast, this radio show to talk to you, it would be, it would just be irresponsible of me not to address it. Okay. Even though I know that the focus and our, our views here are around how to live the best life, this is a part of it. And I think it has to be addressed also. And, and so I have an obligation to talk to you about it, but talk to you about it in a way that is hopefully uplifting in a way that is hopefully revealing and adding value to your life, because that's what we try to do here. We want to add value to everything we bring to you. So that's our subject tonight. And uh, I'm really looking forward to getting some feedback from you. If you have a thought about it, send me a note. 
and uh, we'll make sure that we respond to you in some way. Okay, so heavy subject, and uh, I will talk to you a little bit about the fact that it is a disease. Now, I know that probably makes you raise an eyebrow, one eyebrow, when I say that. But I'm going to share with you why I believe it's a disease. And like all diseases, I think it can be cured. So we're talking about race relations. We're talking about racism. We're talking about prejudice. We're talking about our differences um, and prejudging and, and all of that. So when we come back from the break, we will get into this subject at a level that I think will be a little eye-opening for some of you and uh, validating for others. All right. Take care. We'll come back in two and two. True Life Academy with certified trainer, mediator, and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Everybody, everybody. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. To True Life Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to True Life Academy. We are taking on the tough, tough subject of racism in America, primarily, but it really is bigger than that. It's about our uh, differences and our prejudices around the globe because we have them. Yes, it is something that exists in all of us. It's not uh, one race or another that's racist. It's something that uh, we all share. And it's like one of those, I, I called it a disease earlier, and, and I think of it that way. 
in that um, we're all kind of infected to a small degree. Now, some of us are so infected that it comes out and it shows itself in in many ways. Other other others of us are just carrying, I guess, the the gene or carrying the the virus, uh, but it's dormant. It doesn't. It's really not showing itself. But it's in us, um, all of us, because of what we've experienced in life. See, I don't think that we're born with it. I, let me just say that right off, the, right off the front. I don't think racism or that issue of prejudice is, is really something that you're born with. It's something that is learned. And um, that is, is good and it's bad. The bad news is that somebody's teaching that to us. Uh, the good news is that because it's learned, it can be overwritten. You remember we talked about programming uh, the NLP and being able to rewrite the program of your subconscious mind. You can do that. And as it comes to racism, you can do that as well. So that's the good news to it. Uh, but I think we all have a, a piece of it because of our exposure to it throughout our lives. So we're going to have to really understand this if we're going to really do anything about it. So I'm hoping to shed some light on it for you today. And, and again, it, it's not just race, it's religion, it's cultures, it's sexual orientation. We have these prejudices that we carry with us all the time. And it, re, it produces a behavior in many people that is uh, not very good. So we want to make sure that we're addressing this. And if you've noticed it anywhere in your life, then, then I know that you've been affected by it as a bystander or maybe directly. Um, now, of course, you're listening to my perspective on this, but if, if you know me, and many of you do, and have heard me and listened to me, then you'll know that I try to look at these kinds of things very objectively, as objectively as possible. Now, certainly, you know, I have a bias like everyone else does, and I have a point of view, and I will introduce that. But in total, I try my best to do the research I try my best to talk to other people to get their points of view, and I, I mold all that into what I try to share with you so that you get a well-rounded view of a subject matter. So it's not just a black man's view of racism. Uh, you've probably heard, you've heard enough of that. In fact, that's one of the things that I wanted to chat with you uh, briefly about is that it, that is I know that many people use that, the issue of racism, to cover so many things that are happening in their lives. If a person fails at something, if a person uh, you know, gets a traffic ticket uh, by a policeman, if, if a person uh, you know, doesn't get a job or promotion, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, people will just say, well, they're just racist. They, they didn't want me because they're, they're racist. And it's unfortunate that, that that happens. There's a reason that happens. We'll talk a little bit about why that happens. But it's unfortunate that it does. It's understandable and there's a reason behind it. But we also need to address that as well in terms of fixing this problem. Because that only tends to perpetuate this, this uh, difference between the races. So you're going to hear my perspective from it, an objective point of view. Uh, as I mentioned, I spoke to a few people at random about this. And, and I've gotten their points of view, you know, kind of the person on the street. And I've asked them basically a couple of questions. I've asked them, how can, uh, how prevalent is racism in their point of, in their point of view, in their mind? And how do we fix it or, or combat it? 
And, uh, and in, in fact, some of the answers I've gotten were pretty interesting. Uh, uh, one of the answers that I received was, well, in fact, 100% of the people that I talked to, and I didn't talk to, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't even know if you would consider it a statistically valid sample, but I talked to a ton of people, uh, and 100% of them felt that racism was alive and well in the U.S., okay? Uh, I'm not sure that's a surprise. People know it's there. Uh, people often think that, well, it's not me, but it's there. But if you go back to what I said earlier, we all have some of it in us. And maybe racist is a, is a too strong a word to use. But we have these biases in us. And it, it uh, either is suppressed and it doesn't come out. Or um, maybe when we're tested, it does come out. But um, and it doesn't matter if you're white, black, Hispanic or whatever. Every one of us has been influenced by our experiences and, and our teachings in life. So we have we carry some of that around with us. But it was interesting, the answers that I got that 100 percent of the people believed it was alive and well. Now, in asking the second question on how do we fix it or how do we combat it? Uh, I've got some in- interesting responses there. And the one that kept coming up was that we just need more education. It's something that we need to address. People need to be exposed to other cultures so they have a better understanding, um, which really relates to what you don't know about someone you begin to make up stories about. Or if you don't know something about someone, you begin to maybe even fear them uh, or fear something about them. And that creates the divide, the hatred or the racism, racism or the prejudging that takes place. Whatever it's caused um, us to do, part of the answer that people were telling me is that we just need to talk more about our differences. We need to be exposed more to other cultures and more educated about uh, what others believe and don't believe. Um, but where does it start? You know, I, I said it's something that we're not born with. And if, it, if we're not born with it, then where does it really start? What is the cause of, of this, these prejudices and these, this racism that, that, seem, that everyone seems, at least my sample says 100% of the people say are alive and well? Well, let me give you a, an example or a story uh, that, uh, that I witnessed. It was actually a documentary that I had watched on television and on, on uh, public broadcasting. And these people who were overtly racist were being interviewed uh, to get a better understanding of, of where their head was, where, why they felt the way they felt. And during the interview, their young boy, their young son, who could not have been more than five years old, uh, was sitting on the floor while the parents were being interviewed by the journalists. And the young boy was sitting there um, pretty quiet, and the journalist or the interviewer asked the young boy, well, well, young man, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the response by the young boy was, was something that just floored me, but it, it really drives this point home. The little boy said, I want to be a policeman. And so the interviewer said, well, that sounds nice. Why do you want to be a policeman? And the young boy said, so that I can shoot, and then he used the N-word. 
So a five-year-old boy who says that really probably doesn't know why he's saying it or what he's really saying, but it was something that was taught to him by this family that was overtly and proud to be racist. Uh, So it starts so very early in our lives by the things we see and the things we're exposed to, the things that are around us. Now, a family is one thing, but our friends, our church, you know, a family like that who is overtly racist, who uh, they must have friends who are the same way and and other family members the same way in the church they go to or if, if they go to church or the communities that they belong to. So it begins to spread and it becomes the norm. And for the people in that community, then it's the norm. Now, this was several years ago when I, I saw that that documentary or that interview. And that young boy is probably in his uh, 20s right now, maybe 30s. Uh, so this was quite a while ago. And I can only imagine where that young boy is, that young man is today, and what his thoughts are. Even if he is really not uh, following in the footsteps of his parents, there's, there's something, there's a seed that's deep down inside him that he learned very early on in life, and that's, that's unfortunate. But it is learned, and uh, I, I, you, know, you can ask, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Well, if it's a bad thing, why aren't we doing something about it? And you know, if you say it's a, if it's a good thing, then why aren't we encouraging more of the, uh, of this rhetoric? Why aren't we encouraging that? We're not encouraging it because I think inherently we know it's not a good thing. So if it's not a good thing, why aren't we doing something about it? Why aren't we waging a war on racism? Not war on each other because somebody else is racist, but a war on the issue itself, the issue that we all share. See, you don't have to be white to be a racist. You don't have to be of a certain color to be a racist. It's an issue that we all share. So if it's an issue that affects us all, like terrorism, like drugs, why aren't we waging a war on it? Um, All right. So, um, you know, I tell most people that story about the young boy, and they're appalled by it. And but but what are we doing about it? You know, it's equally important for us to understand not only what a person who has these feelings says and does, but it's equally important as to what the response is. Now, the response is something that's very, very critical because the response can either uh, put fuel on that fire or can help put it out. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story of, of, of something that happened to me just uh, well, I wouldn't say recently, a, a while back when my daughter was young. Uh, I'll tell you that story when we come back from the break. It was very, it was a pivotal point in my life around this issue. And it's an issue, obviously, this is an issue that I've, I've uh, dealt with my entire life. But this was a pivotal point for me. And I'd like to share that story with you when we come back, because I think it will shed some light in um, on who you're, who you're listening to on me, and it will hopefully give you some insights to what choices you have that you can make that can make a difference uh, with this issue of racism. All right, so we'll be back right after the break. Two 
Life Academy with certified trainer, mediator, and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome to Toginet, cutting edge radio. Life Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. Okay, everyone, I know this is a heavy subject, so uh, we're going to lighten it up a little bit. We're going to try anyway. It's, before it's all done, you will have the answer to uh, to getting uh, to moving us forward. All right. Uh, we're talking about racism. We're talking about prejudice. We're talking about differences between us and, and how it impacts our lives. Uh, our lives can be pretty miserable when we live in that, in that uh, overshadowing darkness of, of prejudice. Uh, whether you have it within you or people are, are that way with you, it's a darkness that, that I want to lift for, for us. And, you know, I talked about our response, how, our, how, important our response to it is and there's a way to respond that is very uh, empowering and and i want to share that with you i want you to know that there's a way to respond if you're experiencing it in any way from any other person that's not like you whatever it is there is a way to respond and we're going to talk a little bit about that you know, response is so important. And, you know, the example I could give you right now on why, you know, as an illustration of how important it is, if you think about the New York Police Department, the officers, uh, this week, this weekend, there were two officers that were shot and killed uh, by uh, a man who ultimately took his own life because, uh, or it, it, at least at this point, it it seems that this young man was uh, responding to this whole issue of of police being um, I, I don't know what what adjective to use, but the way police have been treating young black men, and so this young man uh, took it upon himself as a response to kill two police officers. Now, I, I'll tell you, it's it's a very sad state of affairs when that sort of thing happens. Um, it, it just, you know, I get lost for words because I just, I don't condone it, obviously, and I don't understand it, secondly, but it is the kind of response that we just cannot have. Uh, I was, I was uh, going to tell you about a story uh, of what happened to me once while I was uh, 
I was in my late 20s and my daughter was oh, three or four or five years old. Maybe I think she was closer to five years old. And we were in a part of the country where you wouldn't think that you would experience much of it, much um, prejudice. And we were just out walking along a very uh, active, beautiful park beach type area. And we were having a great time um, just walking. And along came a truck, a pickup truck, with a few young men in it. And they were hooting and hollering. And they drove by and just yelled out right at uh, my daughter and I, uh, you know, the N-word. They used it a couple of times. Hey, you so-and-so. And 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 just screamed it at the top of their lungs. Now, it, it took me a little bit by surprise, but um, I think what surprised me is that they would do that with my little girl there, and that's really what was upsetting to me. Now, if I go back to another part of my life, it wasn't too long before then that I was um, kind of a, a street person, a thug, a homeless person that didn't have a, a whole lot to, you know, to keep me from, from going off on people if, if something like that would happen. So they had actually caught me at a time where anything could have happened. Uh, my response could have been anything at that point in time. And I was, you know, could have been, gosh, uh, I won't even say what it could have been, but it could have been anything. Let's just put it that way. And uh, I will tell you, I looked down at my daughter when that happened. And she obviously didn't really understand what they were saying or why. But she just kind of looked at me. So instead of having a very visceral, violent response, which was I had been trained to do over the previous several years and was very good at doing that, I absolutely good at doing that, um, I looked at her and I felt a just a love just between she and I that was so powerful that it, it's, it's almost melted. It just made that, uh, that situation go away. Now, that situation didn't go away because those guys were there just screaming and yelling. I turned to my daughter, and instead of trying to explain to her what was going on, instead of yelling at these guys, instead of giving power to the situation, I turned to my daughter and I said, would you like to go get some ice cream? And her immediate response was a huge smile. Yes, let's go get some ice cream. And boom, we took off. We went to get some ice cream. Now, if I had responded in a different way, I'm not sure what that would have done to her psyche, what that would have done, planted a seed in her mind about um, conflict or, you know, relations, race relations or whatever. I don't know. But I do know that I had the opportunity to just focus on the love and provide goodness in the face of that. And I think, you know, I, I remember that so well because it was a turning point for me in my life in understanding the, the true power of the choices that we have. So as these things come up, as these issues come up, we always have a choice on how we respond. So I wanted to share that, that story with you because it does make a difference. Not only the act itself, but the response to the act makes so much of a difference. Um, 
And, I, and that's part of, part of the solution to this. It's not uh, trying to force an issue. It's more about um, overcoming the issue with something that's even of a greater power. So uh, another situation came up, and this was probably within the last couple of years, where I was golfing, and uh, one of the people that we were paired up with, that we were golfing with, was um, obviously a racist. And I say obvious because he said to me, or to us, uh, you know, something to the effect that he really uh, believes in segregation and separatism and, you know, you know non-mixing of the races or whatever it was. It was something on that line that was just, bam, right between the eyes. Now, here I am, a full-grown man looking at this other full-grown man, and he's saying this to me. But I will tell you this. I was, I was actually more grateful that he said that because he was so overt about it that it, at least I knew where he was. I knew where he was coming from. And now I could choose whether or not to you know, continue to have friendly conversation with him or do something different or, or, or you know, whatever. I had the choice because now I knew where he was coming from. My thought around this is that sometimes we have this issue of racism that's covert. That's when it's hidden. That's when you don't know what's going on. And that is almost more dangerous because things are happening that you don't even know are happening. And this is why many people who have experienced racism over the years always look to that as part of the issue. I got that ticket because I, you know, so-and-so was racist. I didn't get that promotion because they're racist. Well, that's kind of overkill and overreacting. But it's understandable because there could be some of that there. So they're always alive to it, always aware of it. And it's unfortunate that that has to be there. Uh, but people um, are passed over in promotions because of that. People do, do get pulled over by the police because of that. But not all the time. I would venture to say it's probably, you know, 80-20 rule. 20% of the time it's, it, it might be the case, but 80% of the time it's not. But people take it as if it is all the time. And that's, that's why the response sometimes, no matter whether it is an issue or not an issue, the response is always as if it really is uh, an issue going on there. Uh, anyway, again, this is my perspective on it, having lived it from, um, for a lifetime. But the problem with covert racism is that it creates uh, that sense in the potential victim, I'll call it, a sense of paranoia, a sense that everything bad that's happening is because of that. It's a sense of, oh, that must be because of, that's a, almost the first thing you think about. It's like, oh, it must be because because I'm, I'm Hispanic. Oh, it's because I'm black. Oh, it's because I'm, I'm gay. Oh, it's because I'm this. Um, and it's unfortunate that that happens, but it's almost a self-preservation thing that takes place. It doesn't make it right. And I would encourage anybody who has that sense of potential victim and victimization, that potential paranoia that's taking place, to really think about it and address it in yourself because it's not always the case. And I'm not saying ignore it. You can't ignore it. 
Um, and a lot of times it might be truly the case. But in most of the cases, I will say it probably is not. Now, there was a time in, a, in the U.S., there was a time in America when that 80-20 rule was flipped. 20% of the time, no one meant anything by it. 80% of the time, it truly was an issue. But I think we've grown past that. And I want everybody to grow with that change and not live in the past. Remember, the past is, is not where your power is. Your power is right now in the present. Uh, but because it does exist, you know, it can't be completely ignored. But there's a fine line as to where you, draw, where you become this paranoid victim to just letting it go. And, uh, and I would just offer that you let go more so than being paranoid about it. Because when you're paranoid about it, when you feel victimized about it, you are disempowered. You no longer have the power. It freezes you from moving forward. It detracts you. It distracts you from your forward progress. And I'm not saying you can, you can ignore it, but understand it, acknowledge that it might be there, but continue to press forward as if it isn't. And, and that's my, I guess that's my advice, my personal advice for any of, anyone that's listening that might have experienced uh, a level of, of discrimination based on religion, based on uh, sexual orientation, based on race, or what have you. Um, even based on education. Some people are looked down on because they are not educated. There's so many reasons that people are discriminated against. It's, it boggles the mind. So it makes you wonder, why don't we have a war on discrimination of all kinds? Why aren't we doing something about it as a nation, at least? Uh, anyway, um, let go. Don't ignore it completely, but just acknowledge that there may be something there, but let go. Don't let it distract you, detract you, hold you back. Just move forward quickly as if it's not there. And... Um, uh, I will tell you that um, we'll try to get to some of the, the root of it here um, in this next segment. And uh, maybe that will help in your own addressing of it, either as a person that's felt it from others or a person that might be you know, not aware that you're demonstrating that to others. Uh, heavy subject. I know, I know. <laughs> I might get a lot of letters and phone calls after this one, but... That's okay. That's why I'm here. Talk to me. We're going to be right back after the break. Talk to you soon. True Life Academy with certified trainer, mediator, and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Kids, do you think you're creative? Do you want to be? Don't have enough time for your arts, crafts, and hobbies? Or do you just need a kick in the pants? Hi, I'm Mark Lipinski, the host of Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski, right here on TogiNet Radio. Come on and join me every Wednesday afternoon for some creative inspiration and two of the fastest, fun-filled hours of your week. Hey, need ideas? How about a little motivation and a lot of inspiration? Join the fun on Creative Mojo with me, Mark Lipinski. I'm here live every Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. 
p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific, right here on toginet.com. Now what are you waiting for? Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Life Academy. We are talking about a very touchy and deep and serious subject of uh, prejudice and discrimination and racism, uh, not only in America, but in the world. And how important it is for us to address this. You know, having the conversation is is really a good start. Um, it, you know, we've had the conversation. We meaning globally and in the U.S. The conversation has been going on a long time, and things have been improving. And I think it's because of the conversation. So let's continue to have the conversation so things can continue to improve. Um, you know, those who are in their, I'll call them baby boomers, who grew up in the 60s and 70s, uh, probably have many more, a much more experience with, with it, and it's more prevalent than those who were born in the 80s, 90s, and beyond, uh, that don't see it quite the same way. So there is a shift taking place with the generations, and I think it's a good thing. But it's still there, obviously, because it, it just raises, it rears its ugly head from time to time, as we're seeing in today's news, uh, you know, with those two police officers, uh, you know, my heart and my prayers, and my soul goes out to their families and to them for for uh, having that happen. It was just it's like those weren't obviously those weren't even the policemen involved in the issues. Not that it would have made a difference, but those weren't even the policemen. And when you look at the policemen. If it's a, if you're thinking it's a white and black issue, those policemen, neither one of them were white. They were, it was a Hispanic and an uh, Asian. So, you know, it's, it, this is it becomes craziness. It absolutely becomes craziness. And and so I'm encouraging all of us to remain sane and have a sane conversation about this. You know, um, as a as a black male, I'm always aware of the possibilities that you know I could be treated in a certain way. And it's unfortunate that it makes me a little bit leery from time to time because of the time that I grew up and what I've experienced in my life. But I also know that the key for me, and it has worked so well for me in my life, is to quickly acknowledge that it's possible that I could be treated a certain way, but to quickly move on without it changing my feelings, without it changing my efforts, without it changing my actions, just to continue to move forward. Um, and that's where the power lies. It, it lies in... And not letting it change me. As soon as you let it change your response, then you're, you're lost. And I just encourage that. The other thing is, if you don't let it change your response and you just continue to be you and move forward, continue to walk your journey in the face of those things, your light begins to shine brighter and brighter for others. And it gives others the permission to shine their light. Now, that comes from one of the quotes we had last week when we were talking about intentions. I think it was Marianne Williamson who, who said, the fact that you shine your light gives others permission to shine theirs. And so when these things happen, the best thing to do, not only for yourself, but for the people around you, is to 
continue to move quickly forward without it changing your feelings or your efforts or your actions. And when you do that, you're standing so so strong and so true in your in your presence that it will make a difference. You know, when I had that issue with my daughter, when I was uh, walking my, my young daughter, I mean, I could have responded. You know, I could have pulled a weapon. I could have made a threat back. I could have yelled back. I could have challenged them in some way and, and very capable of doing all those things. But the fact that I stood in my own presence and in the love that we had and moved forward and just kept moving forward, that was the most power that I could have exhibited. And I don't know what their response was to, the, to my reaction, but I know it, it had to deflate them some, somewhat. I'm sure they were trying to get a rise out of me, uh, but they didn't. So guess what? Without responding in a negative way, I feel that I won. And it's not about winning. It's just about uh, being. And, and I want us all to be and be sane as we move forward. Okay. Um, so how do, we, how do we really move forward through this stuff? How, you know, what's the cure? Um, I, I think when this subject comes up, it creates enough controversy because we all see it from a different perch. I, you know, I, I, I call it a perch because it's like a bird sitting on a perch looking down on something or looking at something. And if I'm on a certain perch looking at something and you're across the road and you're on your perch looking at that same thing, you will see it from a different angle. You will see it differently. So we all have this, this view of the same thing but we're looking at it differently. You know, it's like looking at a Rubik's Cube. If, if you're sitting across the table from me and, and there's a Rubik's Cube in the middle of the table, I can describe all the colors and, and where they are and which square they're in by looking at the side of the cube that I'm looking at. But it will not look anything like that from your view. Now, we're both looking at the same Rubik's Cube, but we're seeing different things. And so understanding that is really should that really should be the basis of any conversation that we have. But it's unfortunate that when we have these conversations, we are trying to force people to see it our way. You gotta see it from my point of view. You've got to see these little yellow and blue and green squares the way I see them, because that's what I'm looking at and that's what I've experienced. But the truth is they can't see it from your vantage point. They haven't walked in your moccasins. They haven't experienced life from your vantage point. So don't expect them to understand it from your vantage point, no matter what side of the table you're sitting on. But the fact that you're looking at the same issue, that is a big plus. And if you both have the same goal, the goal that's bigger than the size of the little square on the Rubik's Cube, the goal that's bigger than both of you, now the conversation can uh, gain traction and can move forward. You know, one of the things that I think the, um, the whole issue of prejudice and, and uh, racism is, is steeped in, it's built in, it's built upon, is, is an emotion, an emotion that is on the darker side of that scale. Remember we talked about the emotional scale that at, at the high end, we'll call it the top end, uh, so you have a visual of the scale being up and down. The top end of the scale is your beauty and joy and love and wonderment and all those fantastic spiritual things that are 
that, that create the oneness of us all, that is at the top end of that scale. That's where God is. That's where you are. That's where you truly live. And that's the true part of you. That's your true life is at that end of the scale. The other end of the scale, at the very bottom, that's where that hatred and, and, and discouragement and, and fear and, and disillusionment, all that lies down at that end of the, the, of the emotional scale. So if you're living at the bottom end, the dark end of that scale, that's where racism is as well. That's where prejudice is as well. That's where all that stuff lies. So the, when I talk about the cure for this disease, since we're all carrying, you know, we carry this bacteria with us. Not all of us have a cold. Not of us all, all of us have the flu. But the flu, they, we've got the flu bug running through our bodies, especially if you've gotten the flu shot because they actually inject the flu into you. It's running through your bodies, but you don't really exhibit the flu, but you've got it running through you. So it's okay to have it running through you, but you have to have the antibodies. You have to have enough of the top end of that scale, the love, the joy, the beauty, the wonderment, the oneness of us all is sitting inside of you at such a degree that it overrides any of that fear and discouragement, disillusionment and and hatred and all that other stuff that's a part of who we are. Okay, it would be nice if we didn't have any of that in us. And anybody that tells you they don't have any of that in them, um, don't call them a liar, but just know that they don't know that they have that in them. All right, but every one of us has that full spectrum from the fear to love all the way. That whole spectrum resides in us. Our job and our focus is to be on the top end of that scale is to focus on the top end of that scale is to live on the top end of that scale as much as possible. Yes, there will be things that take you down to that other end from time to time. But the key is don't stay there. The key is your response to being there. So if you have racism that affects you in any, any way whatsoever, that's going to pull you down to that end of the scale, but you have the choice to stay there or to move up to that other level that where, where happiness resides, where beauty resides, where joy resides, where love resides. You have the choice. And when I say love first and then choose, that's what I'm talking about. Love first. Now make a choice. Where do you want to live? And so there is no pill for, for curing racism. There is no, uh, um, you can't t- take dialysis for racism or chemotherapy or you know, no serum you can drink or shock treatment, unfortunately. But all of those things are wrapped into understanding where you are and where you are at any given point in time, not only to prevent you from being um, one of those people who is um, prejudiced or who is a racist or any of that, but also prevents you from having the the wrong response to it. Again, the response is just as important. So don't let don't think you're off the hook because someone did you wrong and so you can do anything in retaliation. You cannot. You should not. You must not. It is not you it is not yours to do. All right? So 
I, I just want to impress that upon you. There's no pill. There's no shock treatment. There's no chemotherapy. There's, there, there's no dialysis to cure this. But the cure is the higher end of who you are. You know, if I put it in one, one word, the cure is love. And I know that sounds very cliche-ish, but it's true. And it doesn't happen from the outside. The cure starts from the inside. And that's why the conversation is important. It's, it's important because each one of us needs to be engaged in the conversation to the degree that allows us to get inside of where we are and then express it with that higher level of being and mind. Don't base it on fear. If you're expressing yourself from that darker side, if you're expressing yourself from the fear, from the, from the disillusionment, from the, from, from the despair, if you're expressing yourself from there, you're going re, to respond uh, by shooting two policemen. You're going to respond by yelling back uh, uh, an obscene word at someone who's done you wrong. You're going to respond in a negative way that's just going to fuel the, the flame. But if you respond from the higher end of your being, from the joy, the love, the beauty, the oneness of who we are, then your response becomes a cure. And it's not an overnight cure. It's something that has to happen over time. And it needs to start with you. And it needs to start with me. You know, this is something that we can learn. We can learn to do this. It is it, whatever we have in us has been learned. And as we talked before, we can reprogram that. So that's our job for this week, this week of love, this week of celebration, this week of festivity, this week of holiday seasons. Your job is to focus on the love. Okay, live in thanks. Give when you can. Love first, and then choose. Have a great Christmas. We'll talk to you later. For joining us on today's True Life Academy. Certified coach, trainer, and motivational speaker, Clarence Caldwell, returns next week at this same time to share his keys to success to help you achieve the life you dream of. Yes, the life you were intended to live.